Hallelujah. So good. So good. Fantastic. Thanks, Brom. Um, and again, thanks everybody for your, your generosity. Um, we just are, again, so encouraged by what the Lord is doing. And we're able to see this through your tithes, your offerings, and, and your giving. And um, so thank you for, for participating in this. You know, as the Lord uh, releases his favor and his kindness to us, we're able to express that to other people as well. And so, uh, so good. Yeah, fantastic. So um, we, we have a couple of things we'd love to pray into this morning. And I've uh, got a couple of people here are going to be joining us in, in, in prayer as well. We want to pray for those who are involved in the medical field. You know, there's so many um, hardships that uh, folks are facing at the moment. Of course, the biggest thing is fear. Uh, the more people we, we talk to, the, the thing that comes up again and again is this thing of fear. You know, it's been pushed through by, by the media and so on. And so really important that we, we wage, the, in a sense, the battle in, in our minds. So that's really, really important. We also want to pray for, for a hedge of protection around those who are in, uh, in the medical field. The Lord would, would, uh, would shield and protect them. So we want to pray into that. And then, of course, we want to pray into the economy. We want to pray for the entrepreneurs. Um, so many people that are, are doing the best that they can. And, uh, you know, as we trust the Lord for His faithfulness to shine through in our lives. You know, it's great to hear the testimonies of what God's doing elsewhere. But we want to see it happening in our own lives as well. And, um, and so, uh, you know, hold on to those, those words that we hear what God is doing for others. Hey, if you can do it for them... He can do it for us. And, uh, and so we're just hearing the Lord releasing his favor on his people in, in fresh ways in this season. So come on, let's pray together. Lord, we, we stand in confidence and in faith because of who you are. It's not because we're so amazing, but it's because you are so amazing. We thank you, Lord, that, that you are the one who can place a hedge of protection around your people. But we're asking, Lord, for those who are on the front lines, the healthcare workers, the medical practitioners, Lord, would you watch over them? We're asking, Lord, that, that we would continue to see the, the stats in South Africa astound the world because of the low death rates. It's not because we're so clever, it's because you are so gracious and kind. And so we're asking, Lord, for a miracle. Do a miracle in this miracle nation. Thank you, Lord. And for our economy, we're asking, Lord, that you would raise up entrepreneurs. We're asking for those who've been, been serving and working faithfully in the business arena. Lord, strengthen and encourage. Would you give new ideas? Would you cause people to be in the right place at the right time in order to obtain uh, a particular deal that's going to be good, it's going to be just, it's going to be righteous, and it's going to be profitable. Thank you, Lord. And we say thank you, Lord, again, that you're blowing away the chaff. <laughs> the corruption has been blown away in our nation. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm sure you can say amen to that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been a very uh, interesting few weeks as, uh, as we've been watching the, the, just a, a number of things come to the fore, things getting exposed. And, um, you know, we've been praying into this for, for a heap of time. And I want to encourage you, keep on praying, right? 
keep on praying. And uh, we're going to see the Lord moving uh, even more powerfully in the weeks ahead. Yeah, so, so good. All right. Well, I, I just want to um, take a little bit of a, a shift this morning. And I just want to take a, a time just to, to, um, to discuss, you know, what on earth is going on in the world? <laughs> you know, uh, we can be so... Um, so taken up by you know what's coming on these these different news channels and so on, and um, and and can really impact and affect us negatively, you know um, when when uh, things get repeated over and over again, it, it's as though it can become the truth. And um, now God's word is true, and it is the truth with a capital T for truth. Um, but there's also truth which is with a low lower T. And, um, and because it comes bombarding at us again and again, so often we begin to think, oh, this must be the absolute ultimate reality of what's going on. And, um, and we can get so shaken by, you know, stats and all these kinds of things um, that are coming out. And I want us to just take a little bit of a step back and try and figure out, okay, what is actually going on in this year 2020? Um, and so there were a number of prophetic words, like early on in, in the year, and, uh, you know, that, that the Lord was doing things. And because, you know, time seems to be passing reasonably slowly during this, this lockdown period, I mean, can you believe it? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like time is standing still. We, we've been in this lockdown scenario for like four months, and here we go, clocking over into a whole other month, and it's kind of like, oh my goodness, you know, are we still in this? You know, is this, is this Groundhog Day? You know, what's going on? Um, and, and so because, you know, things have, have moved so slowly, we've, we've, we've almost lost sight of what happened way back in, uh, at the beginning of, of this lockdown period, what the Lord was doing, what he was saying. And, and one of the things that he was saying was that he was causing a reset to take place on the earth. And that God was using things for his plans and his purposes. And, you know, it, it's easy for us to get caught up in, in the what and the how and, and all these kinds of things. Uh, in terms of what's happening in the physical realm, that we lose sight of what God's doing in terms of his eternal purposes. And so what, what, what's, what I perceive in the spirit that's taking place is that there's, there's the rise and the fall of nations that God is busy causing to come about in this time. Now, we've spoken many times about a spirit of acceleration that's coming on the church, it's coming on the nation of, of South Africa, but also coming on the nations of the world. And I believe that we're in a time of acceleration of the rise and fall of nations, and we've been looking at this whole thing of transition, right? So there have been some transitions that have been taking place uh, as, as people have moved from, from one um, you know, aspect of the economy into another. We've been watching some nations being uh, open and then closing, some that have been closed now opening. So we're watching all these different transitions take place, and we're watching world economies um, being completely moved from where they were to where they are right now. You know, to lose a, a third of your value uh, as a nation just in a, a few short months 
is a tremendous upheaval, right? And so God is, is, is at work in, in causing things to shift around according to his purposes and his timetable. We always come back to the, the, the understanding that the kingdom of God is advancing. And, and so in all of this, God is moving things around on, on the chessboard of this world, so to speak, um, but it's so that the kingdom can advance. I believe there are a few other things that are taking place. I believe that there's a removing, I believe that there's a resetting, and I believe that there's a restoring. In the, in the removing, I believe that the Lord is removing certain powers. So there were certain power points and certain people in positions of power, and I believe that the Lord is busy shifting and changing things, and so there's a removing of certain powers. In terms of the resetting, I believe that the Lord is resetting the economies of, um, of the world. And, uh, and so we're watching this rise and fall and this resetting that's taking place in, in that context as well. And we've been, we've been uh, sort of joking with a couple of business people and we're saying, you know, during this time of crisis, never, as has been quoted many times, never waste a good crisis. And so you want to use it for your advantage. And so if, for example, you were manufacturing fax machines, now would be a good time to let that business die. In fact, kill it. All right? This is not a time to try and get extra loans to bolster a, 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 an industry. And I'm using it as a sort of uh, humorous example. But the world is shifting and changing, and we, we're not into fax machines anymore. You know, when, when the Industrial Revolution came in, and of course machines, and particularly the, the invention of the automobile, and we're all driving in cars now, but it was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And people, prior to that, you know, the business to be in was horse and carriage. And if you were manufacturing carriages that were going to be horse-drawn, I mean, you were really like cutting-edge technology. But with the introduction of the automobile, it's kind of like, you know what? That thing's going to come to an end. Vehicles are now going to supersede that. And so if you're involved in an ancient technology like fax machines, which just 25 years ago were cutting-edge, it's time to actually leave that thing Ask the Lord to give you a new innovative area to be involved in so there is a resetting that's taking place. Some reset is really good. It's really required. And if you're holding on to something that is actually needing to, to you know, be dead and buried in terms of business ideas, then, you know, don't try and, you know, breathe life into something that is, is actually uh, not going to have a future. So we need to be led by the Spirit, uh, you know, in every area of our lives. You know, we're not just led by the Spirit when we come together uh, as God's people. No, we need to be led by the Spirit in the way in which we're conducting our finances, the way we're conducting our business, the way we're raising our kids, education, all of these different things. In every area, aspect, sphere of life, we need to be led by the Spirit. And so I want to encourage you to be asking the, the Lord to show you what it is that's happening in this reset that you can keep pace with what He's doing. And the third 
uh, area of, of, uh, of shift and change is in this whole thing of restoring. And I believe that the Lord is restoring us to the promises that he's given to us. So God has given many prophetic words. He's given great promises. And, and we, we haven't yet fully attained or obtained what he's been speaking to us. Now, it doesn't mean that we, we missed it or that God's unable to bring us through to this thing. It just means that his timetable is a little different from ours. And we need to hold on with perseverance. You know, the word perseverance actually is in the Bible. Yeah, and it means that you've actually got to hold on and you've got to press on and push through resistance and even some obstacles in order that you might eventually get to the point where you are receiving what God has for you, okay? And, uh, and so this thing of the Lord's promises, His prophetic words that have been spoken to us, that we hold on and, uh, and we... we, we, we um, we endure until we receive it. But in this particular season, here's what I sense God's doing. He is busy releasing the answer that we've been hanging on for for a long time. And so there's that restoring. Remember, whatever the locusts have eaten, the Lord is going to restore. And we know from, as we look at Job's life, that restoration looks like double, double portion. Oh my goodness, that's right. 2020 was meant to be the year of double portion. Okay? Uh, just this last weekend, chatting to somebody. And they've been working on a deal for five years. Uh, the business was uh, facing major calamity. You know, you know, the downsizing, all this kind of stuff. But after five years of working on a particular deal... This deal has now come through, and it's just massive, right? So it's in this season where everyone is saying, hey, things are going down, and they're tanking, and there's, there's no hope, and you know, all is lost. No. This is the time that God is restoring those promises. And uh, for, for, um, for certain individuals, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple where, where, where there was the whole thing of, of sequestration and losing everything to now being catapulted to being the head and not the tail and to landing a massive contract. Now, these are people we know in breakthrough life. This is not, hey, I'm sucking this out of my thumb. This is happening to our brothers and our sisters um, God is doing crazy things, releasing abundance, the, the promise of restoration of double portion. Guys, I'm not sucking this out of my thumb. God is doing it, and he's doing it against all the odds. It shouldn't be in the season, and yet he's doing it. Why? So that he can show us he is the one who's doing it. It's not because you're a great business person. And look, you might be good at business. I hope you are. I think you are. But it's even way more than that. It's because God is showing himself true and faithful. And the words that he spoke to you in the times, in the night times, in the dark seasons, when you were so deep in trouble, you, 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 you didn't think your straw was long enough to get to the surface so you could breathe. You were so deep down under all of the oppression and the hardship. 
But God spoke words, words of promise. And now they're coming and being fulfilled. It's kind of like, how does this work? This should be the worst time for this kind of thing to take place. And God says, you know what? With man, these things are not possible. They are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So God is releasing restoration. Those words that he's spoken, hold on to them. Folks, I, I, I really want to encourage you. You know, don't give up. This thing of perseverance, of hanging in there, of endurance, it is so important. It's part of, of, our, of our, our, our nature in Christ that we should be those who would stand and having done all, stand. That's kind of like, what? How hard is that? Hey, at times, it is really hard to keep standing. It is so hard. It's like everything is blowing against you. And God just says, hey, all I want you to do is stand. Just like hold on, hang in there, come on, but stand. And it's kind of like, well, how spiritual is that? It's very spiritual. It's part of spiritual warfare. Having done all, stand. When hopelessness is coming against you, all this hardship and difficulty, just stand. Don't give up. Don't give in to despair. Don't dip your cup into that river of news broadcast, which is so toxic, because it'll poison you. It'll steal your hope. It'll cause you to want to kind of just throw your hands in the air and give up. You know, what's the point? You know, I've been working at this thing for so long. If you know that God wants you in this business, it's, it's not fax machines, right? If God wants you in the business, even if it's tough and difficult, stand, persevere, endure, hang in there. God's, God's got you. God's got this. And he's well able to carry you through and to bring you through. All right. So that's the background to, to, to what I'm sensing, what God is doing in this time. There's the rise and fall of nations. God is shifting things around massively. Uh, we, we thought, you know, certain structures in the world were kind of set and we're in place and we're going to be like they, they had been for the last, you know, 25, 30 or 50 years. And the Lord is just like, woof, in a matter of months. In fact, even it is, for, for some, it's been weeks of, of just like uh, just turning the tables on, on various um, international organizations, companies, countries, whatever it is. And so there's an acceleration that's taking place. Praise the Lord that he is in the process of removing certain powers. Unfortunately, some, some people are going to take advantage and we've seen this in our own country where there was goodwill and there was money that was released to help people and we've got unscrupulous people and some of them connected to power <laughs> that have used the opportunity for evil and for their own selfish ends but you know whatever's done in secret and in the darkness it will be exposed it will be brought into the light what was whispered now will be sh shouted from the rooftops. Folks, hold on. Hang in there. God's not finished with South Africa. Don't despair. All right? It's really easy for some of us to get a little bit disappointed about what's going on. Hold on. Keep standing. God's not finished with us. His plans and purposes for revival. Come on. Hey, when we're in a big conference, 
Thousands of people gathered. Prophetic words about, you know, God's going to do amazing things. Revival is coming. And we kind of get really super excited about it. So, so good. Those same words, hold on to it. Okay? Don't, don't give up. Don't like abandon the prophetic word. Well, you know, it just hasn't happened and everything's opposite. Hey, God gives us prophetic words before they take place. Many times he speaks before we're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death that we might know that we're going to go through, that we're not camping there, we're not staying there. And he's giving those words to us as words of hope and encouragement that we might actually keep on until we come out the other side. So the Lord gave us prophetic words that revival was going to be released, that there was going to be a major surge of the kingdom of God in this year. You better believe it. If God spoke it, he's doing it. And you might not necessarily see it all or hear about all the great stories. It's okay. Right? Remember Elijah. It's kind of like, oh, I'm the only one. You know, I'm the only one who hasn't bowed the knee. I, I didn't take a knee. Oh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. And, um, and God said to him, hang on, wait a minute. There's 7,000 other prophets that I've got hidden away, that I've been keeping, and they haven't bowed the knee either. In other words, God was doing 7,000 more things behind Elijah's back than he knew about. Just because you don't know everything that's going on doesn't mean that God isn't doing it. Listen, God is really, 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 really big. I want you to know that God is so big that he is able to take bad things, turn it around and use it for his good. I think that's what's happening with corona. I don't think God brought corona. You know, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, destroy. That's his fingerprint. And we look at fear. Oh my goodness, people trapped in fear. It's like, ah, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, sound mind. It's kind of like the contrast between fear and love. God is love, fear, enemy, the works of the enemy. It's kind of like, I think this corona thing is way more to do with what the enemy is wanting to bring about. However, God is so big that he can turn things around. And what the enemy meant for evil, uh, this is Joseph, he's, in the, he's, uh, he's being restored. His brothers come, the very ones who'd thrown him in the pit. And they were kind of like, oh my goodness, we've been found out. And Joseph says to them, what you meant for harm, for evil, God has turned around and he's caused it to become good for the salvation of many and for nations. God can cause all things to work together for good for those who've been called according to his purposes, those who love him. That's us. God can cause this thing to turn around and he's going to use this as a time of increase, a time of acceleration, and a time of elevation. That's what's happening, the rise and fall. So what's falling? The things of, of this world. What's rising? The kingdom, kingdom things. All right, I better get to a scripture, otherwise you're going to think I'm just uh, making this all up. All right, so uh, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. All right, so in Hebrews chapter 12, and uh, let's go from verse 18 together. 
It says, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. Even if an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. So this passage here, 18 to 21, it's, it's speaking about when the people of God came out of, ex, out of Egypt. This is the Exodus. They've come through the Red Sea and they're now coming to meet with God. And that's the whole thing. that They'd be in the prophetic word. You know, this was the whole rallying cry when, when Moses, he went and spoke to Pharaoh, said, let my people go that they might come to the mountain and worship the Lord. This is that mountain, Mount Sinai. And as they come to Mount Sinai, God meets with them. And I'm telling you, there's cloud there, there's lightning, there's thunder, there's trumpet blasts, there's like earthquakes. It is like scary, scary stuff. And the people say, whoa, Moses, you go up there, but we're not going up there. And you go and find out from God and uh, you tell us what to do and we'll do whatever he, you know, he tells you to tell us, we'll do it. But <laughs> we are not going up there. All right, so that was Mount Sinai. And God shook the, the earth and there was like seriously fear and trembling. Yeah, like trembling, shaking in the presence of God. Okay, and so what, what the writer to the Hebrews is he's busy saying as he's contrasting the old covenant with the new covenant and he's contrasting the mountain, Mount Sinai, where the law was given, the covenant, the old covenant was given at Mount Sinai. And now we get the contrast as we move into verse 22 with what happens in the new covenant. So he says, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in very sad, somber, mournful assembly. No, joyful assembly. <laughs> you know, people kind of get the wrong understanding of what heaven's about. The place, the heavenly realms are filled with joy. It's a joyful assembly. All right, reading on. You've come to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the word of Abel. And so we get this contrast here, Mount Zion. Jerusalem is on Mount Zion. And it's the place of, of God's dwelling, the place where he put his name. And so the, 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 the contrast between what it took place when the law came at Mount Sinai and now the new covenant that's come at Mount Zion, Jerusalem. And that we have been called now into the church of the firstborn. And we're gathering with, with the, the angelic hosts and, and those who've gone before us. We're all part of the church of God. 
And so we join you together with a great cloud of witnesses and they're cheering us on and they're looking at us in 2020 and they're saying, go for a church, go. You're positioned to take great land, uh, great advance for the kingdom. God is at work. He's powerful. The, the, the covenant promises still are with you and for you and God is working and, and come on, you know, run the race. Don't shrink back. Don't, don't retreat. This is still a time where the kingdom is advancing powerfully. And you've been called into all of this, right? And then, <clears throat> pardon me, goes on in verse 25. Now see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. All right, who's speaking? The Spirit of God is speaking, right? He's brought re revelation. And, and obviously Jesus as well, who ushered in the new covenant. Now, if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, so that's the contrast, all right, the old covenant, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven, right? So Jesus came from heaven and he brought the very words of God. He says, these are not my words, they come from the Father. And these are the words of eternal life. And so we don't reject Jesus' words. We don't reject the new covenant, right? Because we've been warned from heaven. Okay, reading on. At that time, his voice shook the earth, right? Mount Sinai. But now he has promised, listen to this, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The word once more indicates the removing of what can be shaken. That is, created things. So that what cannot be shaken may remain. Just read that again. Once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. So, so powerful for us. Okay? So we, we, we're seeing here, and remember, of course, when Jesus you know, on the cross, and as he died, there was that earthquake, okay? Uh, crazy, right? And, um, and, and so this shaking of the heavens and the earth as the new covenant came in, shaking when the old covenant came in, shaking when, when the new covenant came in. But this thing of once more, and, and so Jesus is busy saying to us through this writer to the Hebrews, hey guys, I'm in the process of shaking things, and I'm going to shake the heavens, and I'm going to shake the earth, because I want you to see that only the things that need to remain, the eternal things, the things of the kingdom, those things that must remain, those are the things that you put your faith, your trust, your hope in. Anything else that is of man's making and doing, these are shakeable things. And, uh, and so just be aware and alert that I'm causing a shaking to take place that is part of God's eternal purposes because the kingdom needs to be revealed, needs to be shown, manifest in greater measure. Just let's read on the next couple of verses. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, <laughs> a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. 
God is the consuming fire. Obviously, there was the fire on the mountain, and, and God was wanting to purify his people. You know, and that's a lot of the whole thing around the law and the old covenant was, was, was rules and regulations about how to relate to God, and it was all about purity. And so when, when Jesus came, um, he, he came, and, and John, the baptizer, spoke of him and says, he will baptize in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And of course, on the day of Pentecost, Fire comes down on God's people. And so fire is there for, for purity. And, um, and, and it's the passion of God that comes upon us. We, we've been sealed. We've been marked with, with the Holy Spirit. Um, and, 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 and so there's this, this, this thing of God is consuming us that, that we would be for Him and for Him alone, that we would be holy, we would live lives that are dedicated, yielded, because that's the whole thing behind that. The, the meaning of the word holy is to be dedicated, given over, yielded, completely devoted for His service, for His worship. That's what holy is. So Holy Spirit comes and helps us, purifies us that we might be totally yielded and given to Him and to His purposes. And so... You know, we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. And, and so this is what's happening in the world right now, is that the kingdom is advancing in the most powerful ways. Don't, don't buy into the media. The media is wanting you to be afraid. It's always pointing out, you know, what's wrong in the world, where everything is, is going badly, whatever. And if you keep on drinking that toxic concoction, it's going to make you sick. That's probably even worse than coronavirus. You know, I chatting to one of our church leaders around the country, and he's just recovered from, from corona. He said the biggest battle was actually the battle in the mind. Now, I understand some people are dying from corona. Please, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. There's some crazy people who say some crazy things. I'm not one of them. I'm just crazy. I just don't say crazy things. <laughs> corona, yes. Some people are dying, yes. Some people, it's a mystery. Why? I mean, they were healthy. They were strong. No underlying conditions. This doesn't make any sense. Then we've got some other people in this church, and they've been recovering from cancer, they, the immune systems are compromised, you know, they've got other factors that you know, would put them on the list of kind of, you ain't going to make it, and they came through with flying colors. Yeah? So, you know, the, 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 there's a mystery to a whole lot of stuff that's, that's going on. All right? So, yes, corona, it does exist, and when we see the numbers, you know, it, it, this is not great. But, sure, folks, uh, when we look at how many people just die on an annual basis, and we look at all the, the various other diseases and illnesses and, and things like that, it's kind of like we're actually losing perspective here, guys. And so this is what my appeal to you is perspective. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I want to encourage you, do all the right things you need to do. Wear a mask, sanitize, you know, avoid crowds, all these good, good things, absolutely. But don't buy into the fear thing, and it's not going to kill the world, and it's not going to take us out. You know, 
why are we so quick to, to have more faith that we're going to be part of the 2% instead of having faith that we're going to be in the 98% that are actually going to come through pretty much unscathed? Hardly even a symptom. Why is it that we so quickly assume we're going to be in the 2%? Listen, when I was at school, if you wanted to be in the 98%, it's kind of like, Hoo-hoo! yay. Come on. So just get a perspective on this thing. But the media is so pumping a message of fear and calamity and destruction. And it's the end of the world. And some believers have been bought into that stuff. Come on, people. Come on. We know that God is not coming for a beat up, broken, useless, defeated bride. He's coming for a victorious, glorious bride. I'd like to share on this a bit more next time, run out of time. But why I believe that, um, that God's coming for, for, for a, a church that's on the front foot, not on the back foot. Uh, I, I want to share that with you because I believe that if we get the right perspective, it's going to help us to push through all this stuff. It's going to give us the antidote. You know, you want a vaccine? Well, the vaccine is hope. And, uh, and so I want to give you, uh, next time, I want to give you a whole bunch of reasons why we need to have hope and that, that God is going to pull us through. In fact, he's using this and he's shaking all this stuff that the things that need to be shaken down and broken off and removed, they actually can be totally blown out of, out of the, um, the context so that the things of the kingdom might remain. He's wanting to build an unshakable kingdom. And he's wanting us to be part of that unshakable kingdom. All right? So God's on the throne. He's not shaken. You know, he's the rock. He's our foundation. If we stand on him, he's the word. The word not be shaken. The true church will not be shaken. And the children of God, there's no need for us to be shaken either. All right? Because we're in him. We're in his hands. And nothing can pluck us from his hand so uh, time has gone need to need to shut this down here um, I'm only halfway through my message but um, hey you know what's new <laughs> yeah God he's building an unshakable kingdom he's causing things to be shaken so that he can cause his kingdom to advance powerfully in these days Let's trust the Lord. He's going to give us a perspective. He's going to give us spiritual eyes that we might see. You know, we've spoken about the difference between eagle eyes and the eyes of an owl. We want to have the eyes that can see in the darkness, can see what's going on. We're not taken by surprise. We can actually deal with the vermin. That's what an owl does. And I just love it. Uh, Early... Early this morning, as I got up to to prepare, owls came and sat on the roof of our house, calling. Just again, just I love these these things in the natural that just speak to us what God's doing in the spiritual. You know, God's wanting us to have eyes to see in this time of, of darkness and uncertainty that we might see what's really, really going on. Yeah, so let me pray with you.
Lord, we are encouraged by the truth of your word that says we are part of your kingdom. We're part of an unshakable kingdom. That you are causing us to advance in these days. Because if we are in you and we're in your kingdom and your kingdom is advancing, then you cause us to advance as well. And so thank you, Lord, for a release of faith into our hearts that, that we might trust you with our lives, with our families, with our future, with our finances, our health, our homes, education, uh, all of these things, that we might get these things into perspective. Holy Spirit, I'm asking for each one watching today, would you impart the gift of perception? You, you said that we would be like the sons of Issachar, that would be able to read the signs of the times, to discern them, and to know what to do. Thank you that you're giving to us that discernment that we can see what it is that's going on in the world. That is the rise and fall of nations. That you are resetting things. That you are removing those that we thought were powerful and you're bringing them down. But you're also in the process of restoring. You're raising up. You're releasing the prophetic promises you bringing your word into fulfillment in this season. So thank you. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. We ask, Lord, that this passage from Hebrews 12 would, would give us such an anchor that we would, we would be able to stand on your word because we, we've got a, a grip of what's going on, what you're doing, and that we might be in a place of peace and of comfort. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Amen and amen. Thank you. Oh, isn't that so good? Come on. Well, thanks for joining. Um, appreciate all the, the folks who are here today with us. Um, thanks for joining us in your home, some in your lounge, some in your kitchen. Some out on your patio, some still in your, in your bed. Hey, that's okay. You know, it's a day of rest. You can relax. But um, so, so good. And uh, just want to say, if you do have a, a prayer need, a prayer request, why don't you uh, pop onto the website and uh, top right-hand corner, there's a tab and a prayer request and uh, fill it out. And we have a team of leaders who'd love to just connect with you, pray and uh, just encourage you, re release a prophetic word, and uh, yeah, let's trust the Lord. He's going to do really, really good things. If you want to know more about walking with this Jesus, and, and you've, you've never uh, had, had a relationship with Jesus, also, why don't you reach out to us? We've we got folks who'd love to just connect with you, explain what it is to be walking with Jesus, and uh, pray with you. And uh, we, we just know that you're going to step into the reality of this, this new covenant relationship that we've been speaking about. Come on, this joyous assembly 
All right? Joyous assembly. So great joy awaits you. Bless you. Have an amazing day. A powerful week. And look forward to your company next time. Take care.